You're carrying a candle and a baby. Yeah. And you're wearing a goddamn dress. A giant dress, most likely. A giant dress. I... No. How did they... took a year break was it a year it was two years was it we have been gone for two years after making three episodes that we said we were never gonna give up on this podcast we thought they were so good that we just didn't need to do anymore they right? were that good they were so good i'm hoping everyone listened to them at least 500 times since we've been gone yeah because otherwise you could listen to them backwards they might have satanic messages that we want to pass on to you. What? <laughs> you know when you back No, something? I know what you mean, but I didn't know that we did that. I don't know that we did that either, but I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, so uh, so we left. Yeah. Why did we leave? We <sighs> Life got complicated, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah. You know. We don't have to say anything more than stuff, that. Adult stuff. Life. Yeah. There's going to be salacious rumors. People moving. But guess Somebody where moved. we're recording from together. Somebody so we used to record this from across the country. From across the country, as you know, I used to live in California. Not anymore. Where do you live now? In Saco, Maine. Oh my God. You guys. You guys. With two cats and a toddler and a man. Anna is my neighbor. And a U-Haul and across a U-Haul. the country. <laughs> Took about a week. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't use those cubes. Is that, no. Is that what it's called? Um, um, the... What are they called? It's not a cube. That's a car. I know. Um, um, it's the thing with the... Pods. 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 It's a pod. I'm glad you didn't. Those are so expensive. They were expensive. It still cost us a lot of money to yeah. come here, but it was worth it. So she was kind of told that Maine's going to be a big shit show, and it's going to be snowing all the time, and nobody it's can magical. go anywhere. It doesn't snow all the time, and no. you can go most places. I don't sweat as much. I don't have boob sweat. I don't miss it. There's really little to no boob sweat in Maine. Well, <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. We did it. And we're, uh, we researched some topics for you guys. Holy shit, did we ever. Um, yeah, we did. We did our homework. She even did extra homework when she got here. I feel like I have coronavirus today. Um, I don't. You might. <clears throat> no, you I might. don't. This could be the beginning of the end. So we made a spreadsheet of all these ideas for podcast topics because sometimes we're unoriginal and uncreative and so we could go to this beautiful source of uh, material to draw from and on one of the spreadsheet lines I had written when were women allowed to wear fucking pants let's discuss that oh my god are we gonna get into like Katherine Hepburn right now god damn you yes so I had this on my little spreadsheet when were women allowed to wear fucking pants and then I thought, eh, it's going to be boring because it was just, there's no pants and suddenly there's pants and it's fashionable. No, it's actually really in-depth and sad and weird and still kind of happening in certain jobs, yeah. in certain countries. Oh, it's absolutely. Still a problem. So like throughout most of United States history, and we're mostly talking pants in the United States. 
Because there's different laws in different countries, different types of fashion. U.S. pants. U.S. pants only. So we're going to talk about some United States pants. Let's talk about pants. So, um... So, you know, there's petticoats and corsets and, like, all the horrible shit that women have had to wear. Love those undergarments. And they had to. Yeah, they had to wear them. Um, so they're bulky. They're physically restrictive. Like, petticoats had wire cages underneath mm. them at one point. It wasn't just, like, fluffy tulle. It was, you cannot sit in this. Yeah. You cannot most breathe. Of, yeah, you can't breathe. So most of women's fashion was very restrictive. But then I was thinking about women who would ride bicycles who would do things outside, like gardening, who would go to the beach. Still no. They Still weren't no. making those tampon commercials back then. Dude, they weren't. They weren't doing it. And they should have. <laughs> With the blue liquid. Yes. <laughs> this is what a period looks like. Blue. Look at all the shit you can do with your yeah. period. I know. <laughs> it makes periods look so fun. So glamorous. So there, in the, the mid-1800s, there was a dress reform movement because women were sick of this shit. They just wanted to wear pants because they're so much more functional. You can't, it's so restrictive because you can't live a certain life if you can only wear skirts. Like, what are you doing in your Unless skirt? Unless it has Not pockets. Riding a bicycle. Unless it has pockets. Lovely. I should have, that's what I should have researched. Pockets. Dresses with pockets versus no Fanny pockets. packs. Why? Fanny packs. Visors. Tramp stamps. <laughs> 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 We've got it all. Um... In the 1850s, that's when women were really revved up about this patriarchal oppression and restrictive corsets, and they were just done with all of it. They made a little something happen. Pants were allowed to be worn for particular purposes, but they were still seen as like this radical symbol of women's rights. They weren't worn very much, and they were usually just for sporting activities. Um, And then in 1851, there's a lady named Elizabeth Smith Miller, and she designed an outfit that kind of transformed people's opinions. Um, and that was like, this. there's a drawing of it that I'll post on our blog of um, like a jacket and trousers. And it didn't really take off, but there's this publication called The Lily and this woman named Amelia Jenks Bloomer, which Jenks yeah. is the cutest middle name. Jenks. Janky. I want another cat and just to name it Jenks. I don't don't get another, another cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, you guys, kittens. I'm just going to, for a second here, talk about kittens are, um, they're a lot of work. They're not your friend most of the time. They use their mouths to well, bite. Well, you did name him you. Lucifer. I did. So you kind of manifested Did that. I tell you that Viv renamed him no. to Looster McAllis? <laughs> why does it make me think of Home Alone? That's why she did it. Okay. Because she was thinking of Kevin McAllister. <laughs> yeah. And so she just started calling him Looster McAllis. Anyway, he's sweet. He's not. I don't know. But if I had another cat, I would probably name him Jenks because that's adorable. So Amelia Jenks Bloomer had a publication called The Lily, and it was this, you would absolutely love it. It's this little newspaper cutout that started in the 1850s, and it was supposed to start being about, like, men not drinking alcohol and how gross they were if they drank alcohol and women didn't want to deal with it. So it was really, like, pre-prohibition stuff. Amelia Jenks Bloomer wrote an article about these pants that she saw. She thought it was so cool. So when she wrote about it in her publication, it went from... 500 subscribers a month to 4,000. Whoa. And they actually deemed pants bloomers. That's what I was going to say. Amelia Bloomer, yeah. yeah. So she helped to coin the name just because she made it really popular. So she didn't make the design of like the first sort of pants suit that was to come to America for women, but she made it really popular and people were into it. Um, were these pants originally just undergarments? 
Well, yeah, you've seen like sort of yeah. 1700s, right. 1600s, and they, like, the at the beach and stuff, right? Yeah, and like the undergarment pants and things like that. So it was acceptable, rarely and only in certain circumstances and for certain sports and activities. But it wasn't like you could just wear pants; that yeah. was not allowed. It was actually outlawed in uh, in Europe and the U.S. You could be jailed in the 18th and 19th centuries for wearing pants as a woman. Yeah, hmm. real fun. I would be in jail. So once she had the lily talking about pants and people became really excited, they went in a new direction. So talking about pants and the lily opened up a whole new world. So they almost exclusively started talking about women's rights instead of alcohol. And the women involved in the publication were using pseudonyms so that they could feel more comfortable talking about these issues. And it like changed the course of their publication. And it also changed the course of you know, sort of mainstream, women sort of thinking more outside the box when it came to oppression and what that meant. So in the article she wrote, she was explaining that it's essential to to the health and safety of women by reducing the risk from carrying children and candles up the stairs. Mm. So that was her basis. So even something as simple as that, think about that. Yeah. You're carrying a candle and a baby. Yeah. And you're wearing a goddamn dress. A giant dress, most likely. A giant dress. I No. How did they do that? No. Honestly, how did they even sit with those big cagey petticoats? Pee. I don't think you could. How did they pee? <laughs> how, did, how did they poop? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so something that brought pants about even more were the wars. So if you think about like the first time, or I did at least, the first time you think about women really wearing pants, I was thinking wartime. Mm-hmm. They're pitching into all these jobs, and that's exactly what happened. So there's two world wars. So the first one... Women kind of for the first time were taking over jobs for men, and they had to wear pants to do those because their skirts and their dresses could be caught in machinery. It was really hazardous, and who the fuck wants to wear a skirt when you're doing a factory-type job anyway? But then the Second World War, which was 1939 to 1945, women were taking over jobs in larger numbers, and civilians started to wear pants for the first time because they're icons like Rosie the Riveter. So when Rosie the Riveter was seen and it was like, she can't be wearing a skirt. She's badass. She's got a job to do. She's got a job to do. She doesn't mess around. She's got pants. It was a big deal. And so they're all wearing pants uh, more in civilian life. And so it just sort of spread. But there's still so much stigma. And it wasn't really until the 60s and 70s that it was acceptable for women to wear pants. It wasn't like in the 50s, it was still a big Mm, no no. It was not until the 60s and 70s. It was like, these are my moving clothes. Right. Yeah. And I thought going into this that, you know, in American society, there's a lot of different um, things that are attributed to um, to religion. And I thought this was definitely not one of them. I thought, like, this is purely a fashion thing or mm. more of a why do women need pants anyway? It actually did have religious origins where there's a part in the Bible, uh, Deuteron- De- De- Deuteronomy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 22.5 states women should not wear men's clothes and men should not wear women's clothes. But what? What? who defines what these are? It doesn't say anything about pants. Exactly. Right. Because so even... Didn't men wear skirts? When did we decide that pants were a guy's thing? No. Yeah, when? So over time, pants became culturally accepted as something only men wore. So by the 18th and 19th centuries, it had already been hundreds of years of men wearing pants. But what's really cool and what's interesting I didn't think about is in ancient tribal times, the men and women were mostly doing the same jobs. They were hunting, they were on horses, so they were working alongside each other. Mm. They were all wearing the same dress. They were all wearing the same pants. 
they dressed alike because they had similar roles. Yeah. But in Western culture, it seems like over time there was this shift and it became a very male-dominated thing to wear pants. Hunter-gatherer. Right. And I, I don't think they realized over time it, it did play into women's oppression because they were not able to partake in certain things. And mm. not until the wars coming about when they were taking on more male-dominated duties in the war um, were they able to wear pants. So it really was the war that changed things. For these poor sweet women who just wanted to be comfortable, it was just a functional option. Of course. And I didn't realize. So that's what I thought was most interesting is just in these ancient tribes, it was like, yeah, no big deal. We'll wear pants. And then there was the shift that happened where humans just got shittier. <laughs> and they, mm. I don't know. What do you think happened? Why were women not allowed to wear pants? God damn it. I wish I knew. Do you think it was like a sexual thing of like, women look good in skirts? I mean, they I, really I think do. In the 50s but it was for sure. Because in the 50s, we had already done the wars. We had done World War One and Two. The women had pitched in, but it was still like, no, no, no. If you're going to be a lady, you do it like this. Yeah. And I, which is very um, sort of typical of the 50s. But then from there, it was really the 60s and 70s. It took that long. So pants for women in the U.S. were designed in the 1850s, and it took like 120 years. So even in the 80s, it was still somewhat seen as a stigma, which is crazy. We're talking about the 80s. Um, I'm going to play a clip for you of one of my all-time favorite interviews with someone we were just talking about, Katherine Hepburn, mm-hmm. known for her pantsuit, stylish as hell, real mean lady, but I love her. But in a good way. But in a good way. I have lived as a man, and in a few, well, I've just done what I damn well wanted to, and I made enough money to support myself, and I ain't afraid of being alone. Is that why also you wear pants? No, I just wear pants because they're comfortable. Do you ever wear a skirt, by the way? I have one. You have one? (laughs) Wear it to your funeral. I love it. I love her so much. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll wear it to your funeral. Sweet. I want that as a tattoo. <laughs> no context. I'll wear it to your funeral. Is that the tattoo you want to get? No. But I could work that in somewhere. Yeah. Should I get like a Chinese symbol? No. <laughs> I mean, so gonna... wear it at your I would hope that someone would fuck with me and make it say the exact opposite of what I wanted to say. That's what I would deserve. <laughs> if, if you were a teenager or a young adult in the 90s, you probably have a Chinese character or a tribal stamp tram stamp like i do you got see this is the thing we can talk about this because you have one yeah so it's okay i don't part of it no shame do you have a tram stamp what is it show it to me right now here she's showing me your tram stamp oh my god it's an actual tram stamp (gasps) can we put it on the blog (laughs) holy shit why did i not know you had a tram stamp because i never showed it to you why didn't you say nice to meet you i have a tram stamp it would have changed the course of our friendship I think. Hey, you should um, get a cover-up. No, because it's still going to be a tramp stamp. You should get a (laughs) cover-up. I think it's still technically a tramp stamp if it's just in that location. Yes, it is. I just have a really bad one. It's my first tattoo. That's like tribal. It's like 1998. I feel better about this. Oh, I feel terrible about it. Are your eyes watering? Are you okay? (laughs) I'm sick. She's very sick, actually. We could actually both have coronavirus right now and not know it. You could have infected me because we share a workspace. I don't want to talk about I'm it. I'm thinking about that Katy Perry song. So that was from the 80s, but it's still an issue today. In certain countries, you still can't wear pants. In North Korea, 
which is, you know, North Korea, you can't do anything. But it's rumored that women are punished with forced labor and fines, and they can't get past an inspector if they're wearing pants. In Sudan, in 2014, there was outrage when a woman received lashings for wearing pants. In Paris, there was a 200-year-old ban on women wearing pants, and women needed, I've already said this, but women needed permission from police if they wanted to dress like a man. But in 1909, they modified it to allow pants if the woman is holding a bicycle handlebar or reins of a horse. That was very nice. Can you imagine riding a bicycle with a dress on? That's not, that's not an easy task. I can't imagine riding. Probably holding a baby I can't a ride candle. a horse, period, but. So these poor women are holding a baby and a candle while riding a bicycle <laughs> with their vagina out, is what I'm picturing. You should get a tramp stamp of that. <laughs> <laughs> Cover up. Oh, man. Cover it up with that, please. And it's so it's still happening in the U.S. today. So recently at a North Carolina charter school, media outlets learned that a school prohibited girls from wearing pants because they promoted traditional values. And a senior at a Pennsylvania high school is told she couldn't wear pants at her high school graduation. Um, there's also I was watching the documentary about Ted Bundy recently um, with Liz Kendall. I don't what is it called? Like falling for Ted Bundy. Falling for a Serial Killer. Falling for a Killer. I'm going to find the title because yeah. it was fantastic that was and a I good actually one. feel bad. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but I remember one of the uh, ladies who is in the FBI now talking about when she was one of the first on the police force, she had to wear a skirt. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and so that got me thinking about are there jobs today where you still can't wear uh, pants as a woman? There, there are. are. Oh, let a lot us of know. them are flight attendants. Oh, yeah. Really? So in 2016, finally, female crew on British Airways were allowed to wear pants. In 2019... This is ridiculous. Yes, dude. So we're going through from 1850 until now, still facing it. In the U.S. and in other countries, but in the U.S. It's not just limited to pants. There are companies where you are still forced to wear heels. Mm -hmm. Beauty industry. I worked in... I worked for a major cosmetics brand and I've mentioned mm-hmm. this before and we had to wear we didn't have uh I don't think it was formally written that we had to wear heels but anytime like the big wigs would show up they'd like look you up and down and be like look at your shoes kind of like in devil wears prada yes i think they frame it as it's part of your uniform this is just your uniform but you don't realize it's sort of a sexist uniform it totally because is. you're just given something to wear and that's just what you wear um so in virgin atlantic the airline it took until 2019 just last year to allow flight attendants to wear pants um and it becomes a religious thing too so there's still a lot of churches that don't allow people to wear pants um in 2017 the church of latter-day saints allowed women to wear professional pantsuits and dress slacks but not at worship services that's all i know about pants you know a lot about pants I didn't know that much about pants, and I thought, this is kind of a silly topic, and then when I was going through it, I was, like, kind of mad about pants. Because it's just pants. It's just pants. It's just two... Why can't we just wear pants? Cylinders of fabric around the legs. Do you remember... Do you watch Downton Abbey? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Do you remember when Lady Sybil came out with pants? I was going to put a clip of when Lady Sybil and Downton Abbey wore pants for the first time. And everyone had a heart attack. Yeah. But I watched the clip today and realized it's just silent. It's just music and everyone would be like. <gasps> yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's all it was. Because no one could even Who's say anything because it was pants. What? Who's that lady? Who's that lady wearing goddamn pants? Yeah, exactly. Did you have a lot of jobs with uniforms? 
I've never. No. No. I had uh, my very first full-time job was at the front desk of a hotel in Portland, Maine. And um, I am a small person. I think I was a size zero and five feet tall at that point. And they just took a uniform out of the closet and it was a size six. (laughs) And it was a blazer and a white button-up shirt and black pants and I am very short yeah. and I'm small and it was I was 17 years old and it just fell off of me and I remember they kept it was like that episode of the office we were watching yesterday where it's just like <laughs> hey we have some surplus money should we get new uniforms and we were looking through these catalogs and I was getting so excited simply to have something that, that fit. fit my body yeah <laughs> and uh we never did it it was never how long did you have that job for it was the worst job of my life actually um about six months and then I quit and I remember the general manager called me and begged me to come back which I thought was really sweet because I was just like I got you a blazer I know that job was really fun there was um that was the first time I'd heard the name Sven which I now associate with a reindeer right we're not gonna talk about Frozen or Frozen 2 I really love Frozen. You're trying to segue into talking about Frozen. I think you thought I was just kidding about loving Frozen 2 so much until I took you to see it. And then Indina Menzel performed. Adele Medina. Adele Dazim performed on. Has anyone seen that clip of John Travolta? Adele. Botching that name. He sent her a lot of flowers after, but doesn't cut it, buddy. That's the best. Just learn her name. She's amazing. So she rocked a performance of Into the Unknown and had, I think it was nine different uh, people who played the voice of Elsa. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. This is not the the time nor the place. What do you want to talk about? to talk with all by myself no one to walk with but i'm happy on the shelf hey miss behaving saving my love for you for you for you for you we wanted to kind of fold in a little bit more crime true crime topics into the into the podcast we do like crime we love crime we're gonna talk about the mysterious death of Thelma Todd. Now, this one I chose specifically because when I was growing up in California, in Malibu, California, I used to drive along Pacific Coast Highway and I'd always see this really cool old building along the coast and it had these really cool arched windows and arched doorways but it was kind of dilapidated but you could tell that at one time it had this really cool california style you know it had that old hollywood adobe thing going on with tile like uh, like painted tiles almost like spanish tiles um there's a lot of Spanish tile and sort of upper class oh, yeah. historical mansion. And I always wondered what that building was. No one no one inhabited it. Um, and I didn't think much of it until later when I actually heard about the story of, of Thelma Todd. Um, I don't think I even heard about it until a few years ago. And then So it's still abandoned. It's not abandoned anymore. It's now, I believe, an office building. Um, and the rent must be, or whoever bought it must have paid a lot of money for it, because it is right near the water in a really saturated area of Pacific Palisades. 
So when I found out the association this building had to Thelma Todd and her mysterious death, I was really intrigued. Um, Thelma Todd, she was an American starlet actress, beauty pageant queen of the golden age or the 1930s. Um, She was actually from Massachusetts, Massachusetts edit. She, in 1925, um, she actually wanted to be a school teacher, but her mom pushed her into acting, entered in, entered her into beauty pageants. She got seen by executives at Paramount, and her career took off from about 1926 to 1935. Um, she was in 120 films. What? That's way too many. Yeah. Why did they work those adri- actresses I know. so hard? She was hooked on amphetamines. Yeah. Um, she had an eating (laughs) disorder and she was crazy. She was really fun and she was said to have had a lot of lovers, a lot of affairs, which if we're going to be sex positive these days, go girl, go. But at the time that was obviously looked down upon. Can you also imagine being like, mom, I want to be a school teacher. And your mom's like, go in this beauty pageant, bitch. Her (laughs) studio head, Hal Roach, that just sounds like a terrible man he in her contract put in the potato clause where she wasn't allowed to gain more than five pounds or she would be fired i've heard of that so she took amphetamines tried to stay skinny she had a huge drinking problem um but she also was very vocal and had she had a lot to say she didn't take shit from people um so when she ended up mysteriously dying There was a lot of speculation about how she died. So this building is where there was an apartment above it where she lived. And just about a throne's stow away, up a little walkway, there was a throne's stow. Oh, a stone's throw. (laughs) That was really cute. She actually had a restaurant. So was that building, was it a restaurant underneath? So uh, there's a large uh, residence on the first floor, which was owned by Roland West. Um, He's a failed director, and he was actually the co-owner of the adjacent restaurant that Thelma Todd owned as well. So they went in on a business together. They were business partners, and I'm pretty sure that they were once romantically involved, but he ended up remarrying uh, Jewel, what's her name? Uh, Jewel Carmen, and she was also a co-owner of the restaurant, um, which later, all these people become suspects in her death. I was going to say, that sounds like a terrible yeah. business venture. Yeah, <laughs> weird triangle. Um, they actually all lived on the same property, and they did not approve of her lifestyle. She was loved to drink. She loved to socialize, party, take a lot of, bring a lot of men home. Don't you kind of feel bad for actresses in that era who... I mean, they were kind of owned by the studio. Oh, and yeah. The studio would give them pills to wake up and pills to go, go to, to sleep. And they were trapped and overworked, overworked. so terribly. So this restaurant was a, po- a popular watering hole for the Hollywood elite, politicians, and gangsters. So there was a lot of seedy people involved in the, in the restaurant, whether it was their patrons. So on the morning of December 16th, 1935, Thelma Todd's maid found her body sitting in the driver's seat, still at the wheel, of her parked Lincoln convertible in the garage of Roland West, Mm. which is just beneath 
her part- apartment that she lived right. in. Now, the engine was still running, so the official cause of death, death was listed as carbon monoxide poisoning. Still to this day, that's the official explanation of her death, and the grand jury ruled her death a suicide, but they could not explain her broken nose, uh, bruises on her throat, her busted lip, and her cracked ribs. They actually tried to say that she beat herself to death. I heard that. I've heard that rumor. If you look on Wikipedia, they say that there were, her, the autopsy showed no signs of, of violence, but other reports have said otherwise. There, yeah, there there were signs of violence. I believe there's even photos I've seen. I don't know. Them. And there was blood on her dress. She was still wearing all of her jewels, her beautiful mink, her it purse was, was still not just carbon monoxide yeah. poisoning. We'll get into that. Um, so here are some of the suspects. First and foremost, Todd's ex-husband, Pat, how did we say this? DeSico. DeSico? Yeah. Pas- I think his full first name is Pascal. He was known yes. to be abusive and she finally divorced him and he was very humiliated by this. So they think maybe he had something to do with it. The night before she died, she actually ran into him when she was at dinner and they had a very awkward exchange um that's a big deal yeah um her friends if he was questioned i should have been questioned yeah but but he was he involved with the gang uh no (laughs) that's a grandma thing to say was he involved with the gang uh he may but he's not the person i I think you're thinking of right it just sounded like a gang obviously the second suspects listed would be roland west and jewel carmen so it was roland's house or garage. Yeah, Roland's house. And they were also co-owners of the restaurant. And the re- restaurant was said to be, ha- to be having financial troubles. And they were all in disagreement mm-hmm. about finances. The next would be Lucky Lucianu, who was a gangster. Uh, he was known psychotic mobster. He actually um, fancied Thelma quite a bit. She did not, but he... He provided her with much of her drugs, and he had the intent to take over the restaurant and make it into a more seedy venue of some sorts. You know, he was involved in prostitution and drugs, and she actually didn't want that to happen, and she was pretty vocal about it. And they were known to have a lot of disagreements, um, so obviously... He's a he's a prime sus- suspect. Um, others speculate that her mother, Alice Todd, had something to do with it because uh, shortly before her death, she had been telling friends that she was going to buy a really expensive mansion, and she didn't have any money. So they were like, "Where are you going to get this money from?" Uh, all these suspects. And are when so viable. when she died, she told she told the police that that oh, it was her heart her heart problem that she had a heart problem. And then last would be Hal Roach, the movie studio owner, um, which. Why do I love that name so much? It sounds like a crust punk gangster. Hal Roach. So the previous evening that she died, she was um, she was at a popular restaurant with friends called the Trocadero. Um, and what's very eerie about this particular night is she is quoted as saying at the table and making a wager she said, I'll bet you a dinner you won't come to my place tomorrow. 
Well, the next day on Sunday when her friends came uh, or called her, she was missing. She didn't answer the phone. Um, She didn't show up at the cafe. She was missing for like 12 hours. So it's just kind of eerie that she kind of like had this premonition. But around 2 a.m., her chauffeur drove her home and dropped her off at her residence. Theory is is if it's not some sort of um, foul play, they theorized that she didn't have her keys. So she proceeded to walk up to Roland West's residence to try to have them let her in. Um, and he had a, I forget what kind of dog, a pit bull or a bulldog. And it barked at her. And he told the police that he was alerted by the dogs, but that he didn't check up on the noise. Um So they theorized that she must have gone back down to her car, gotten in to stay warm, turned on the engine, and fell asleep. I've heard that theory before. Yeah. And for a while, I believed it, but it's it's so hard to believe with the injuries. So then I thought maybe they got into a fight. Yeah. And then she said, well, fuck this, and got into her car. She was also threatened with notes of extortion saying pay ten thousand dollars or you will be killed like twice that past year a lot of people had motives yeah for her demise yeah it just seems and everyone was trying to take her down apparently she had a hundred different wrapped christmas presents waiting to be mailed in her apartment she had just started a new film working on a new film doesn't seem like suicide doesn't sound like suicide at all i'm still just so confused about her injuries and then, like you said, there is some speculation that there just were no injuries. I swear there are photos of injuries. Yeah, I think we'll do a little research and see if we can find those images that I was talking about. And there's definitely some speculation back and forth on her injuries. And I want to know more about that. Yeah. So next episode, we'll do a little like five minute segment yeah. on her injuries. Because that really, that's why it's so confusing for so many people. Because it doesn't add up. You can't, you can't put together a good theory. Yeah. It doesn't make sense unless there was some sort of altercation. There could have been that didn't kill her. And maybe the carbon monoxide monoxide did kill her. Why was she sitting in that car? And she had keys to the car, I guess not the apartment. That seems weird. Like, what? We're going to crack this case right here now. If she had the keys to the car, wouldn't she have had the keys to her apartment? Why didn't That's what I'm thinking. But it doesn't make sense at all. No. And that he heard the dogs, but he didn't hear her knocking. She was definitely murdered. I've always heard that his door was locked and she was probably trying to get inside and then went and sat in her car waiting for him to come to the door. Yeah. Well, there was apparently like a night watchman that made his rounds. And so she decided to go wait in the car for the night watchman. Mm -hmm. And I'm also wondering how quickly carbon monoxide. She was found like they, they thought she had been dead for about 12 hours when they found her, but. Well, I guess I'm wondering, like, if she was in a closed garage with the car running, how long it would take for the fumes to overcome her. Yeah. So say she had an altercation that had nothing to do with this guy and she drove into the garage and needed his help or needed his keys and was banging on the door and he didn't hear her for some reason. And she said, well, I'm going to sit in my car until he comes to the door. In those few minutes, could that have been enough to make her pass out? Maybe. If it was a small garage, probably, right? Yeah. So that could have been it. So the altercation could have been separate. I wonder if there is anything like that. But one of, so I had heard that story quite a long time ago just because there's so many theories floating around and I was always so curious about what really happened. Mm -hmm. And I like gory crime scene photos. Yeah. (laughs) So whatever, there's that possibility. Mm -hmm. It's fun for me. 
Um, but another reason I'd heard about it is because of Gloria Vanderbilt. And she's one of my favorite ladies. And we have gone to Newport together. That's true. You in October. I, we went to the Breakers, yeah. um, which is one of the places where Gloria lived. I'm obsessed with Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, who's her aunt, um, who took over her care when she was little. But the reason I bring up Gloria is because when she was 17, she married Pat DeSico. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And so uh, she has an, uh, a documentary. Her son is Anderson Cooper. I don't know if a lot of people know I know. That. I learned that from the documentary, and I was yeah. mind blown. That was so um, cool. He's such a little cutie. Yeah. And he had a brother who passed away young. Right. But she, God, we should do an episode on Gloria. Yeah, we should. Well, I'll do one on Gertrude for yeah. sure, and I'm sure I'll bring up Gloria. But Gloria has uh, a documentary on HBO, which I highly recommend, called Nothing Left Unsaid. And in it, she brings up her very first wedding at 17 mm-hmm. to Pat DeSico. And Anderson's talking to her about this in her living room. And she brings up Thelma Todd. And I'll play a clip for you guys. And it's the first time that Anderson Cooper finds out his mother wed a potential killer. He is Pasquale Di Chico, Hollywood actor's agent, and is 32. The young bride will live near Beverly Hills. He was described as a Hollywood agent. Was he an agent? Well, maybe at one point he was. He had been married to uh, Thelma Todd, who was a quite a well-known actress, and she was died under mysterious circumstances. And there were sort of rumors around that maybe he had killed her, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you got married to a guy who there were rumors that he had killed his former yes, wife? Yes, yes. Did that not seem to give you Well, problems? I thought all he needs is me, you know, to... <laughs> Sweetheart, I was only 17. <laughs> okay, I know. That adorable Gloria. <laughs> love her voice. I just love her voice so much. She's just so real. I like how she says She's Telma. Is it Telma? Thelma? I think Why it was just she a cute little way? fluke. Do you think it was? I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely Thelma. Yeah, right? If you guys are listening and you've ever heard Thelma pronounced Telma, let me know. Yeah. But no mean jokes about Gloria Vanderbilt because I love her so much. Yeah. She passed away recently. It really yeah. it hurt my heart. I really love her. She's such a whimsical person, and I love, I love yeah. people that become more whimsical with age. And I think part of it was she had a lot of money to fuck with. Yeah. But she worked hard for it. She had the Gloria... Well, we can talk about pants. She had Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. That's that right. That ties back into pants. So we are and 80s. full circle. Here. I know. I think it was 80s when it became popular. Yeah, it was. But that was a big deal. Yeah. That must have been kind of... A revolution for women in a way where there yeah. was designer pants. That's a whole other subject, blue jeans. Right? I don't like jeans. I don't wear pants a lot. I have. Let's yeah, say why don't you wear pants? You should be representing. I think, I think pants are... I know. <laughs> I'm not going to walk the walk now. I, I can't. This whole thing has just been a ruse. I fucking hate pants. Allison wears mostly dresses and I wear mostly pants. with rarely wearing dresses. I have a box of pants that I can't reach in my closet because I never use them, so I just put them somewhere where I don't need to access them. You wear leggings. I wear leggings and nylons almost exclusively. I have so many pairs of leggings and then I have a separate I have a separate drawer of long socks and then I have a separate drawer of stockings and nylons. That's what (laughs) I wear. It's just what I do. It's my jam. And you wear Christmas leggings mixed with Halloween socks. I walked in today to to do the podcast, and she was wearing. It's what you know what February. Yeah, but have you felt these fuckers? They're so soft. Yeah, I got these. They're lovely. I got these at a lovely store called Rennie's. 
which is becoming, you've been to Rennie's. I haven't yet, but I'm like, what's the deal with Rennie's? So Anna moved to Maine and we're having this whole thing where it's like, I don't know She's got to visit all of the Maine staples. Yeah. So she came to visit for the first time in October. October 2019. I thought you were going to say the exact date and I was thrown that you knew that. 11th, I think. Was it? Yeah. Shit. Um, so she's seen Maine in the fall, which is fucking gorgeous. Mm. And then she's seen Maine in the winter, but she has not seen it in spring and summer. I have not. So we have a lot of shit to do. But one of those things is to go to Rennie's. What does, what, what do they have at Rennie's? It's, it's nothing too, oh, I don't want to knock Rennie's. Wow. We might have listeners that have yeah. shares in Rennie's. <laughs> <laughs> Rennie's is great. No, it's just like, um, whenever I need something, I'm trying to compare it What's Ross? You guys have Ross. It's Ross Dress for Less. It's like all the the stuff from department stores that doesn't sell, and then they liquidate it and sell it to them, and then it's really cheap and awesome. It's a little like that. Okay, I have a challenge for listeners. If you can think of... Is it like Big Lots? Do you know what Big Lots is? Ish. Oh, yeah, for sure. We have Big okay. Lots. If you guys can think of a concise way to explain what Rennie's is, because I'm just going to botch it. And then she's going to read them, and then I'm going to take her to Rennie's, and she's going to see if it's everything she hoped it, it would It says be. it's the main superstore, right? That's what the We're sign really says? We're talking up Rennie's, and it's really not. <laughs> they didn't pay us. <laughs> this is not sponsored. I have some lovely mittens from Rennie's. I got these from Rennie's. They have a lot of seasonal stuff. It's good. They have, you know what's so weird excited. that they have? They have a lot of cast iron, like skillets and oh. thingamabobs. Murder weapons. Main, they have a lot of murder weapons. <laughs> and if you hit someone with a cast iron skillet, yeah. I don't even think, I think I'm too small to wield a cast iron skillet at someone. Can you imagine me like throwing that back? Yeah. And then, I can't. You're going to learn how to shoot again. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing a citizen's academy, a police citizen's academy, and I'm going to learn to shoot a gun. I'm actually really nervous. It's fun. It's humbling. It's humbling because it's quite powerful. It is, but I... I don't know why weapons scare me so much. Yeah, I mean, it's thrilling, it's scary, but it's empowering. Is it, gonna, it. Is it like a shock? See, I'm picturing yeah. like It's going to throw War. you back. <laughs> like, like, Most likely you're going to, she's, what, how tall are you? Five feet tall? Five, two, 100 pounds. Five, one and a half. Yeah. We don't have to share my BMI. <laughs> the precise, you need to have a cheeseburger, Allison. I, I did have a cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm always eating cheeseburgers, but I recently introduced you to the cafe in my building that has mm. the best fries and almost We call them fried chips. They're like if you took a potato chip and you added a little bit of well, I don't like potato, actual soft potato in I the really center. I really want to put this together well because this is like, and I'm talking about just the French fries. We've really got to like sell everybody on this idea because they need to know how seriously good these fries are. They're so good. Are. They're better cold, we discovered. They're bre- and what French fry have you ever had that's good cold? None. Impossible, I think. Yeah. They're now. just mush, usually. But these really... are crispy and soft at the same time. So it's this guy that in the lobby of my building. I'm not going to say that. Oh, you can't say that. They'll know where you live. I'm not going to say it. We're not going to say the name. Sorry. What if you stalk me? I won't yeah. like it. I don't want you to stalk me. But I want you to eat those French fries. So if you... Never mind. Know what I'm talking we might about. just edit out the whole you, conversation about nope, French fries. Nope, because I want people to know that somewhere out there, in the Saco Main area, there's phenomenal French fries, yeah. and you just have to go find them. I 
should we share something nice from our week? How's your world going? Oh, man. Yeah, mine too. It's been rough. It's been fucking rough. Would you guys ever want to hear more about our lives? I mean, you could, but we'd have to... We'd have to change names and dates and locations. And yeah. We'd have to change the entire narrative. And you wouldn't believe it anyway because it seems so crazy. Yeah. But, you know, life ebbs and flows. I don't know. Sometimes it's lovely and sometimes it's horseshit. Yeah. Sometimes it's outright Sometimes shit. you need medical attention. What's Maine like? What do you think? Oh, it's excellent. Everyone is so friendly here in comparison to California. Really? So neighborly. So helpful. Do you guys smile at each other on the street? No. I don't. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have some California listeners and you might hate me for saying this, but you might also agree with me. People are not very friendly in California. Everyone's in like kind of an elitist. Well, I'm from like more of the Los Angeles area, but um, yeah, Maine's been very welcoming. um, And there's a lot of really attractive men here. A lot of lumberjack looking oh, men. Oh, man. If you're into like the bearded brewery mm-hmm. type guy, yeah. take your fucking pick, ladies. Yeah. There's, there's yep. a lot of them. I'm from Maine and I'm so used to that, but I lived in Boston off and on for a while and I lived there for almost seven years at one point. And when I moved back home, I felt like assaulted by people's friendliness. I wasn't yeah. used to it mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first week I moved back, I was walking down, uh, it's Pleasant Street in Portland. And there was an older gentleman who walked past me in the morning and just looked me in the eyes and was just like, good morning, how are you? <laughs> and I, I froze. Is he going to kill me? <laughs> I instantly was just like, do I know him? What does he want? What is he going to do? Yeah. What is he selling? And I couldn't, it was very strange because I just, I didn't realize I had this city wall up for so long. Well, Boston's not friendly. It's not. And I got so used, but I liked that. I, there's yeah. something about living in a metropolitan area where it feels like you have each other's backs. And I've always felt safer in cities than in the country because I grew up in the country and I always felt like hmm. everything's haunted and there are wolves everywhere and there are predators and kidnappers. And well, it's no always in the suburbs scream. where like the, those things happen. We're like, we never thought that would happen exactly. in this quiet, sleepy town. Exactly. It's it always a quiet, that. sleepy yeah. town. It was you like can't get away with as much in a, in a city. Yeah, you know, there's someone right next to you that's going to hear you murder someone. Because if someone, exactly, if someone tries to, and I did have a close encounter once where I was nearly assaulted and it was in broad daylight and everyone was around me and I was just like, awesome. Yeah. It made it so much better because if that, I won't get into the details, but if that, that exact scenario played out in the country, mm. I'd be toast mm-hmm. and I'd be traumatized. But yeah. instead I was you, just like, all right, guys, yeah. you see this? You see what's happening? Let's do something about it. Yeah. Um, and there have been a lot of situations where in a city I'll see something happen and we all look at each other like, did you, yeah, let's call the cops. Yeah. Um, and you don't have that in the country. And, and so the the country scares me. I grew up very close to where the Turner beast was found. Are you familiar with the Turner beast? No. Cryptozoology. Can you talk about that on the next episode? I could, but it's a very short story. Well, basically in the cryptozoology community, people got really excited because there was this beast found on the side of the road. And it was just this, they couldn't understand what type of animal it was. And if you Google Turner Beast, you'll see, very close to my parents' house. Is it like a Sasquatch? Um, They they were hoping it was. And so I think not enough research went into it because people just got so excited about this possibility. And then it's like, it's just a dog. (laughs) And I saw the pictures and I went, I think that's just, just a, dog, a dog, everybody. And yeah. I never understood the hype. 
Mm. Um, but it's out there. It became pretty famous. Um, but it was on a road that was very close to a graveyard my brother and I used to walk to all the time. Oh, that's the other thing about Maine. What? There's graveyards. graveyards. Well, no, they're cemeteries. Cemeteries. We've already done an episode <laughs> on that. You guys have to listen back so you understand the difference. I don't fully remember, but I do remember that Victorians love to picnic. We haven't done that yet, but I guess we're waiting till spring. Well, sometimes I eat donuts in my car in the graveyard <laughs> because it overlooks the river. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Um, a lot of really good graveyards here and in Salem and in Massachusetts. Yeah. There's a lot of really good ones. So everybody go to those graveyards, guys. Come visit. Come visit, but don't find where the french fries are because then you're stalking me. Now gather round while I lose a date on what goes on when it gets late. Along about midnight, the ghosts and banshees get together for a jamboree. There's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes. Some have fangs about this size. Some short and fat, some tall and thin, and some don't even bother.